Well, here it is, Season 2, Episode 24, and I have my new Tula mic. I'm really excited about it. And uh, we're still playing around with it, you know, uh, some settings and some tweaks, and so there's a few little glitches here or there, but it definitely sounds a lot better than the other ones I've used. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, and, you know, it gives me something to do when I'm not shoveling snow. That's okay. I'm not going to complain. Hey, you know what? It's snow, you know? Um, I've just enjoyed looking at all the snow pictures from Louisiana and Texas and watching all of the... my southern family try to uh, <laughs> deal with it. Mm. Yeah, well, in the meantime, we're dealing with all the stupidity that's been happening all this past week. And for some of us, we just can't seem to wash that Gorilla Glue out of our hair. Okay, he's too stupid to talk and too ugly to eat. Because it's a great big stupid world On a dirt clod out in space Where it stops nobody knows If Jesus came back today They'd try to book him on the Oprah with a free show Because it's a great big stupid world He's given a piece of his mind to so many people, it's a wonder there's a mind left. It's Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World. Welcome to my stupid world. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm Eric Lane with my new Tula mic. Now, uh, just got this in the mail today and uh, literally has freshly been shipped from the manufacturer over in uh, Malaysia. And uh, I, I really love it. I mean, you can um, you can already tell that it's uh, c considerably better than the other one that I had. Uh, it's got noise cancellation. And it's got uh, omnidirectional, and uh, it's got unidirectional. All that kind of could because all all the audio files are you know going to be raving over this thing. But um, in, in any case, uh, I'm um, very happy with. Uh, how how it sounds so far, and um, well, we're going to be playing around with it and see just um, what different settings I can play with. And uh, the nice thing is I can take this mic anywhere and record it on the go. And I don't even need a PC, you know. I could just you know it's it holds like seventeen gigs worth of stuff right inside of the 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 uh, the unit itself. But you might hear a little squelchiness here and there, but otherwise, hey, it's not too bad. I, I I really am happy with it. This is my birthday present and Christmas present all at once. But in um, any case, I'm very happy with it and uh, kind of thank Santa Claus for it. Of course, the Santa Claus I'm talking about is the Santa Claus that I married, if you get my drift. any case, but uh, as we start off the podcast this week, um, keep in mind, I have to give this disclaimer, okay? Um, just because I talk about all these stupid stories doesn't mean I endorse it, agree with it, promote it. I'm just telling you about it because I want you to feel better about yourself, okay? Uh, because you realize, you know, you may think you're the, you're the stupidest guy on the planet. Trust me, there are a host of others probably more stupid than you are. Um, but we start off the week, uh, the, the podcast, kind of a little bummed out. Um, I knew it was coming eventually, but uh, got to pay homage to the king of broadcasters, Rush Limbaugh, who lost his battle with cancer this week. Um, he passed away at the age of 70. Um, but trust me, I mean, this guy spent 30 years on the radio 
doing a radio show. 30 years. I, I remember first time I listened to Rush Limbaugh, I was working at a radio station in Northwest Pennsylvania, and we were getting ready to run um, a Pittsburgh Pirates game. And KDKA, the very first radio station in America, uh, carries the Pittsburgh Pirates game. And so we were picking up their satellite feed, and we're getting ready to run an afternoon Pirates game. And my, one of my coworkers was um, listening in at, to, to the, the feed to get ready for the game. And it was going to be like an afternoon game. But he always enjoyed listening to Rush Limbaugh, uh, who was on in the afternoons, um, as we led up to the Pirates game. And he brought me in one day. He goes, have you heard this guy? This guy is hilarious. So that's kind of how I got introduced to Rush Limbaugh was through through that. And I got hooked. And so uh, I, I tried to tune in KDKA on my little AM radio on the car. And I was uh, delivering pizzas as part of my part-time you know, jobs, one of them. Because, you know, you can't make a, a living in radio like that, right? So for many, many months as I was delivering pizzas, I would have KDKA in my car and I'd listen to Rush Limbaugh as I was delivering pizzas and just became really attracted to his rhetoric and humor and his, his, his goal of basically illustrating absurdity by being absurd. I ended up buying all of his books um, I literally, when he moved to television, he did uh, like a 30-minute or so, I think it was a 30-minute or maybe it was an hour TV show. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I think I've recorded every one of them that I could record. I, I still have them on video videotape somewhere, stored up in the attic somewhere. So I've got a lot of his Rush Limbaugh TV shows. Um, just really loved him. And of course, you know, have been listening to him when he did podcasts and all that kind of thing, followed him quite a bit and was, uh, you know, kind of shocked when the news came out about a year or so ago that he had developed lung cancer. So, but, um, you know, look, the guy, he made a lot of people mad and they probably deserve to get mad, you know, but Rush is right. I mean, that's all I got to say. And, uh, to coin a phrase from his first book, he showed us the way things ought to be, you know, and um, it's I, I think America is richer for Rush Limbaugh. A lot of people think he was uh, an espouser of hate, but they probably didn't listen to him enough to understand. He probably was the least hating person. You know what I'm saying? I think he really um, had more of the, he's a lovable little fuzzball is what he called himself. So uh, if, you, um, if, if, if you have negative feelings about Rush Limbaugh, I would say you probably need to study the man a little more. I think the more you looked into his, uh, what he talks about, the reasoning he uh, gave on a lot of his um, radio shows, in reading his books, I think you find out a lot about the guy. So uh, definitely um, going to miss that guy. He's a big, big voice, a big crater has been left in the conservative landscape after uh, the passing of Rush Limbaugh. But I'm sure we will not soon forget him. That is for sure. Anyway, later on in the podcast, of course, we'll be talking to my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerro. Um, but let me give you a little update on what's been going on since the last episode, particularly about our cat lawyer, who, well... Turns out our cat lawyer that we talked about last week has a rather 
notorious past. The newest Zoom superstar, that's who we're talking about. If you didn't see it, he's that Texas lawyer that I was talking about that couldn't figure out how to take off his cat filter during his Zoom call, so he had to argue his case as a cat. It was hilarious. Everyone's been talking about it. But like most people who get unexpected viral fame, turns out he got... Uh, it's, uh, he got a lot much less adorable past than the uh, filters that he actually had on his uh, camera. And see, after the cat lawyer, his name, by the way, is Rod Ponton, after it started going viral, a reporter from Business Insider named Anthony Fisher shared a story that he did on Ponton back in 2014. Now, back then, Ponton was a small-town district attorney in Alpine, Texas, and he ordered a massive SWAT raid on a tiny head shop for allegedly selling synthetic marijuana. Now, the owner was cuffed and thrown in a police van, and the local cops and federal agents repeatedly went after her after they, uh, as they, they kept trying to bust her, right? So, but they never found any synthetic marijuana or other drugs, but the whole thing basically ruined her life. And it turns out that the, the real reason Ponton went after her was so hard was that, well, he had a brief sexual relationship with her when she was 18 and had just moved to town for college. And he held a vendetta against her since their relationship ended. So, well, that's the backstory to ruin the cat lawyer video for you. Now, the, the, the viral celebrity attorney says he's going to let his assistant's young son play with his laptop well, that was the reason why that camera got stuck in the cat filter mode during the online court hearing. But in the end, the judge, I guess, found it very persuasive. Uh, well, now this. He wants to score some catnip out of his viral infamy. With plans for his own merchandise, as well as paid gigs, advertising others on avoiding similar mishaps. They're already selling T-shirts, mugs, and everything else, so we're going to try and catch up with that, he stated. <laughs> I don't blame this guy for striking while the iron is hot, frankly. He may as, he may as well, you know, cash out uh, whenever, well, he's the cat's meow, I guess, you know. Well, this guy is definitely rare in that he seems like a pretty likable lawyer. Normally, most of us think, uh, think of lawyers as, uh, well, what's left in the litter box, if you catch my drift. Well, speaking of what's left in the litter box, this is a big litter box, let's just say. Nobody wants to get covered in human waste during their workday, much less covered in dirty cat litter. But a crash occurred recently off of Sheridan Street near 20th Avenue in Hollywood, Florida, here not, not too long ago. The driver of a big rig told a local news uh, station he was hauling fertilizer while traveling along the road when he spotted a red pickup truck speeding in the other direction. Now, he said the driver lost control, crossed over the median, and crashed in front of a home. He said that he had to stop the big rig really suddenly to avoid being hit by the vehicle. Well, that caused the sludge to slop out, completely covering his truck and the pickup truck. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen that on video? Well, he added the pickup truck driver casually walked away from the scene of the crash. It took quite a while to clean up that mess, too, and police are still on the lookout for the driver who fled, asking anybody with information to please contact them.
Well, that's definitely one way to ruin your workday. Well, and digging your car out of, I don't know, sewage, sludge is definitely not a fun thing to do. But what about, this is something I've done many times, digging my car out of the snow. Now, that's happened a few times with me in the country, okay? But in a big city, it's definitely no big, it's, it's no joke. And uh, Chicago's man's uh, very unusual way of calling dibs on his parking spot has also gone viral. And you probably have been hearing about this a little bit also. Um, but um, his name is Adam Selzer. He lives in West Ridge, Illinois. He's been posting photos to Twitter of him reserving shoveled out spaces in parking spaces using pairs of frozen pants that he's uh, shaped to stand up on their own. It's a common practice in Chicago because parking is at a premium there kind of like downtown State College, come to think of it. You know, got residents often using lawn chairs or traffic cones or furniture to mark off spots that they've shoveled. Well, Seltzer writes on Twitter, polar vortex fun, pants with nobody inside. That's right. Soak a pair, put them outside, and about 20 minutes, then you can shape them and form them into something, and then another 20 minutes, they're solid. He says he's not working out to... how to add, he's actually trying to figure out now how, how to add a frozen shirt to his ensemble. When I was a kid, I used to occasionally hear about people freezing their pants when it got cold outside, just as some regular good, clean winter fun. And really all you do is if you soak a pair of pants and set them outside for 20 minutes, you can sort of mold them into a shape, and then 20 minutes later, they're frozen solid. So a couple of years ago, I, uh, I froze a couple of pairs and just walked around taking pictures of them for fun. This year, when we had another polar vortex come in, I thought I would do it again. People started making dibs jokes, so I started setting them up in parking spaces just just for the photographic opportunities. It's certainly more of a work of art than a practical way to save a parking space. Very embarrassing, I'm sure. Every time he freezes the pants, he accidentally leaves the fly open. (laughs) Yeah, nothing strikes fear in the hearts of parking spot thieves than the sight of a frozen pair of dockers. Then there's the California lawmaker who has introduced legislation that, if passed would make stealthing, by the way, which is removing a condom during sex without your partner's consent, illegal in the state. I had no idea there was even such a thing. Of course, if that were to happen, California would be the very first state to do so. Assemblywoman Christina Garcia introduced a bill that would classify stealthing as sexual battery. Uh, John Jay College of Criminal Justice psychology professor told the LA Times a lot of women Compare it to feelings of experience raped. Yeah, it violates the trust that you had in your partner. Now, an attorney with the Fireberg National Law Group says there's the risk of pregnancy. There's the risk of STDs. There's also inherently it's charging or changing the entire nature of the sexual encounter. Garcia tried to pass similar bills in 2017 and 2018, but her office says that they didn't go anywhere because there were concerns about sending too many people to prison. Yeah, I don't know. That That's a little over the top. I don't, I don't know, do you think? Well, anyway. I mean, guys can be stupid like that, you know? I, maybe you can come up with a way to kind of get back at them in some way, you know? I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, the pandemic has been reinforcing this idea that service staff are incredibly important, right? But apparently some people haven't gotten the memo. Okay, Um, so somebody on TikTok asks, what is something that you've done to a customer 
after they have been stupid to you or rude? Well, here's just some of the highlights. Someone who works at a juice bar said that they underblended their smoothies so the little chunks block their straw. I'd say this is some passive-aggressive stuff at its best. Here's a deli worker. They said when a customer is being a Karen, they say, I squish the cheese together after I slice it, so it's impossible to separate later. (laughs) Somebody who works in a hotel said, if somebody doesn't tip after they help with their bags, he'll call them in the middle of the night. And a barista said if somebody is stupid, they'll secretly give them decaf. Instead of regular coffee. Ooh, that's that's cold-blooded. A server said that when rude customers ask for butter, they give them really cold butter because he knows it'll rip their bread. And another restaurant worker said that when someone is being stupid, they get crop dusted. You know what that is. You ever been crop dusted? My, my son does it all the time. It's walking while farting. Yeah, I've heard flight attendants do the same thing, too. And I know my mother-in-law tends to do it and don't even mean to. (laughs) Anyway, well, this definitely is some beautiful next-level old man complaining right here. I love this. No, it's not crop dusting. But there's this 90-year-old guy. His name is Aaron Epstein. He lives in North Hollywood, California. And he's been really frustrated over how slow his AT&T internet service has gotten over the past five years. And he says, as soon as they started, you know, introducing streaming like Roku and movies and stuff on TV, watching a movie was like slideshows. Yeah, well, in any case, he called over and over and over to complain, but nothing ever got any better. I've been there. I really have, folks. Okay. I mean, it's like, you know, my my, my best, uh, uh, I guess weapon in the arsenal would, would be to um, post some really annoying things on the company's Facebook page. I've done that with Dish Network and with DirecTV, but then people got wise to that and they disabled anybody posting to their pages. So then I would just post it to the comments. And then, you know, not many people read the comments, you know, some people do, but yeah, but this guy took it to the next level. So old Aaron Epstein finally had a snootful of slow internet service with AT&T, so he goes out and he spends $10,000 to run ads in the Wall Street Journal to complain about it. He had one running in Dallas, okay, where AT&T's headquarters are. One was in New York City, so Wall Street might see it and put pressure on AT&T. And it looks like the plan is at least moving some things in the right direction. The guy gets a call the same day as his ads ran from the spokesperson from AT&T's president. That's right. Uh, who said, we'll see what we can do to improve the service in his area. I put the ad in the paper and believe me, it's money well spent. So I've been with AT&T from the very, very beginning. And for the last five years, my internet service Although I was paying for 3.5 megabytes, sometimes it wasn't only one, up to 1.5 megabytes. She took down all the details, and she says, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, and you better stay off his lawn, too. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Well, 
Uh, I love this story. You remember QAnon Sh- Shaman? Remember that guy? Okay, his name is Jacob Chansley. Uh, a federal judge has ruled that uh, Jacob, um, he was that high-profile rioter during the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Well, the judge says this guy should be given organic food while he is in jail in Washington, D.C., awaiting trial. The D.C. District Court Judge Royce Lambeth says that the uh, Mr. Chensley should be given organic food because that's what he'd been given when he was jailed earlier after the attack in Arizona because he also accepted Chansley's arguments about adherence to shamanism. Uh, you see, Chansley was that guy, if you don't remember, wearing the fur headdress with horns and face paint. His attorney, his Al Watkins, said that his client has not eaten. He's been going on a hunger strike, claiming non-organic food was against his religion. That made him sick, stating he was not in a position to put his body thing put into his body things that shamanism believes to be impure, things that suck the life out of your body. Now, a representative of the Washington jail had told the judge that it would be difficult to provide organic food to Chansley since organic meals weren't available through any of the contracted food providers for the jail. And they hadn't found any research showing that an organic diet is a tenant of shamanism. Uh, Chansley had told the judge in a video conference line from jail that he needed organic food because he has a very delicate chemical balance in his body that affects his serotonin. He says it affects his appetite and his mood. Now, usually the system has a reputation of serving inmates bland and sometimes unsafe meals. That is until now. Presenting Organic Prison, a jail where your body is incarcerated, but your mind and soul are free. At Organic Prison, you'll sleep on futons made of hemp in cells constructed of recycled steel and repurposed concrete. You'll enjoy a 24-hour smoothie bar and kombucha on tap, along with daily drum circles in the yard. You're not a number at Organic Prison. Instead, we give you a spiritual positivity name like Bliss, Justice, or Providence. We encourage arts and crafts like shiv making, but only out of stone like the first Americans. You'll come to Organic Prison because you broke the law, but you'll stay for the tantric group sex. And at Organic Prison, we serve a vegan, pesticide-free, organic diet. While you're incarcerated, you'll actually leave a negative carbon footprint because no matter where you live, even if it's prison, we all share the same planet. Organic Prison, presented by Whole Foods. Maybe I should try going to prison. I probably would eat better there than I would eat better where I'm, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe I better not. (laughs) Well, anyway. Well, there's an eight-year-old from Minneapolis who recently um, pointed out a rather big problem with National Public Radio's oldest news show. I used to listen to this show quite a bit. It's actually not a bad show until they got uh, until they got so politicized and everything. But it's a it's called All Things Considered. The kid's name is Leo Shidla. Shidla? Shidla? Leo Leo Shidla. He writes to the local NPR station. He says, My name is Leo, and I'm eight years old. And I listen to all things considered in my car with mom. I listen a lot. I never hear much about nature or dinosaurs or things like that. Maybe you should call your show Newsy Things Considered, since... I don't get to hear about all the things. Or 
please talk more about dinosaurs and cool things. Sincerely, Leo. You know, Leo's got a point, I think. You know, All Things Considered is about to be, what, 50 years old? NPR's archivists found the word dinosaur appearing in stories 294 times in the show's 50-year history. And by comparison, the word senator has appeared 20,444 times. So to remedy the situation, All Things Considered invited Leo to ask some questions about dinosaurs to Ashley Paust, a research associate at the San Diego Natural History Museum. Leo, you see, wants to be a paleontologist when he grows up. Did I mention the kid is eight years old? Yeah, well, to be fair, I guess some senators are dinosaurs. <clears throat> maybe it's me, but I think maybe that's a problem with society in general. Not enough dinosaur stories. I think we, I think this country would probably could use some more dinosaurs, dinosaur stories, especially the one I told about here, what, an episode or two ago about finding a dinosaur rectum. Now that's a story. Well, cops are, you know, always chasing criminals around rooftops and movies, or you know, I mean, well, but you never get to see this happen. This is karma at its best. A 30-year-old guy in New York, for some reason why he did this, goes out and steals a bunch of Haagen-Dazs ice cream from a CVS. He must really like ice cream. Anyway, he gets into a foot race with the cops. He ends up in a building's courtyard. So he decides to scale a fence to get away. But you see, the other side of the fence was this ledge and about a 25-foot drop. Well, he drops down onto what looks like some sort of an air vent that was just big enough to stand on. But then he was stuck. He was still too far up to jump, but he couldn't pull himself back up onto the ledge. Uh, well, luckily, the cops were able to rescue him, so he didn't fall. Oh, and they also found 10 pints of Haagen-Dazs ice cream in his backpack. Now he's facing charges for larceny and possession of stolen property, and they also had to tweet a photo of him clinging to the side of the building. That's beautiful, you know? Guy hanging by the side of the building, and all the cops are down, down below looking up at him. It's beautiful. Anyway, definitely... He made the wrong move. Maybe he should just stick to using what they normally, maybe he should stick to eating what they normally use whenever they take pictures of ice cream for photos. You, ever know, you know what they, whenever they take pictures of beautiful ice cream and they pour syrup over it for TV commercials, they don't use ice cream. You know that, right? Because if they did, well, the ice cream would melt because they have all these hot lights that are shining at this dish of ice cream. So they can't use real ice cream, right? They've got to use something that looks like ice cream, but it's not, not going to melt. So you know what they use? They use mashed potatoes. That's right. Now, mashed potatoes are yeah, pretty basic, too, you know? I like mashed potatoes. You know, I've had all kinds of... My mom would go out and get arsh potatoes. That's what she called. Got to get some arsh potatoes to make mashed potatoes. And I realize she's talking about Irish potatoes. They're the little small white potatoes. Anyway... People have all kinds of ways to make, you know, mashed potatoes. We got loaded baked potato soup. We got loaded, you know, all that stuff, right? Potato salad. Well, the basic simple thing on making mashed potatoes. Let's see, you got potatoes, you got butter, you got milk, you got salt and water. You get, you know, right? Boil the potatoes, bingo, okay? 
according to TikTok, you're doing it wrong. All wrong. And uh, one of those ingredients need to be replaced. A woman in San Antonio literally blew up online after she claimed that you should not boil your potatoes in water. You should boil your you should boil your potatoes in chicken stock instead. Or you can use beef stock depending on what type of meat you're serving. Other people tried it and said she's right. They actually do taste better that way. She uh, cuts the stock with a little water to dilute it and then adds a little extra salt. Now, you could probably also use a few bouillon cubes to a full pot of water. Might be cheaper to do it that way. But after that, you just do everything else like you do with normal, okay? She says uh, they'll actually end up creamier and more flavorful than if you just boil them in plain old water. Peel your potato. You can um, cut your potatoes in halves and then you put them in, it's just like like maybe a cup of water. You put chicken broth or beef stock, um, depending on what you're going to serve your mashed potatoes with, the meat that you're going to serve them with. And then just a pinch of sea salt in there and you boil them in that. This will lock in the flavor, just makes them a lot more creamy um, and they'll be delicious. Okay, so is this like a hardcore tribute or just really unsettling? There's a guy who rocks under the name of Prince Midnight. He just paid homage to his dead uncle. <laughs> okay. You know how he did it? Uh, he, um, he, 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 turned, he turned his dead uncle's skeleton into a guitar. A, a guitar. Folks, I'm telling you, he, he had his uncle's bones for two decades since his family refused to cremate him. So finally, he used his uncle's spine, rib cage, and pelvis, okay, as the foundation, the foundation for an electric guitar. Okay, I'm 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 dead serious. This this is this is hardcore stuff. Okay, okay. He says uh, it plays perfect, sounds awesome. Now Uncle Philip can shred for all eternity. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I'm. <laughs> I guess he said that's how he would want it. So yeah, and so he's he's playing the finished product. Now the song he's playing is Transylvanian Hunger by the Norwegian metal band Dark Throne. Okay, Dark Throne. Remember that. Check it out. <laughs> Maybe this might be inspiration for my insane Florida nephew. Uh, just saying, if I, if I go before he does. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Okay, let's give you the latest um, update, shall we? Um, of the uh, Gorilla Girl, Gorilla Glue Girl, okay? Yeah, our, uh, our long national nightmare is over. Yeah, not, not that one, no, n not or the other one or the other one. I'm, I know I'm talking about Tessica Brown. 
Yeah, Tess, Tessica Brown, the, the woman from L.A. who went viral after she used Gorilla Glue instead of hairspray, which kept her hair from moving for an entire month. A plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills, California, performed surgery on her and used a special chemical treatment okay, on her hair. It took four hours and would normally cost about 12500 $12, bucks, but he did it for free. Okay? And when it was all said and done, he got out the glue and Tessica's hair could move again. Of course, well, now that she's got all the attention, there's plenty of idiots out there who want a piece of the action, which is why the uh, Gorilla Glue Challenge has sprung up on social media. No matter what you do, please do not participate. <laughs> There's a guy in L.A., his name is Lynn Martin. He wanted to prove Gorilla Glue isn't that sticky. He tried Gorilla Gluing a cup to his mouth. One of those red Solo cups, right? He wound up in the ER, where now he may need surgery to remove part of his lip if it doesn't heal right. I'm going to show y'all, so I'm going to got some Gorilla Glue right here. I'm going to take it, put it on this cup, put it in my mouth. Then I'm going to be licking and get it off. It's easy. Gorilla Glue garbage. Then I'll put it on my mouth. I trimmed the cup with some Gorilla Glue and placed it in my mouth for a few minutes, in which I thought that I could lick it off. But that didn't work, though. Basically, I had my pressure was up. I mean, I was going through a lot of distress also. Basically, I'm washing and peeling, you know, to get it off from there. From my upper skin on my lip, you know. And, well, I can't believe that I am... I, I can't believe I'm going to have to say this. But somebody else on TikTok copied the Gorilla Glue Girl. And then they ended up going to the hospital, too. Guys, my hair will not comb. Oh, oh. Y'all, I'm going to the hospital right now. I'm on my way to the emergency room. I'm freaking out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, the, the world is, is literally overdosing on stupidity. First, we have a woman who glued her hair. Then, we have a man who glued a cup to his lip. Then, we have somebody else that decided to copycat it. Everybody's doing the glue. So, hey... Kick it. Have you ever had a cowlick that wouldn't lay straight? Well, check out what happened to my sister's roommate. Old girl was all out of Garnier Fructiso. Instead, she used a heavy-duty spray adhesive. It wouldn't wash out and it wouldn't come loose. Now her head looks like it's damn near bulletproof. I don't mean the laugh or come off as hateful, but the warning on the bottle was clearly labeled. Glue, in case you can't read. Don't put it on your skin. You don't put it on your skin. Gorilla glue. In case you can't read. Don't put it on your skin. You don't put it on your skin. Gorilla glue. I mean, this really shows that apparently now there's literally a market for everything. Introducing Gorilla Glue, the styling gel that's driving everyone bananas. Oh no, it's turned my hair into a brick! One dab and you'll have a hold on all the ladies. Honey, can you help me? My hands are stuck to my head! Gorilla Glue, other gels are boring. We'll give you a buzz. Oh well, I guess I'll just shave it all off. Even even uh, old Meredith Margaret from Mountain View, Arkansas, 
Yeah, she's heard about the whole Gorilla Glue story. Ken reminded her of her own story on the dangers of using adhesive. Well, everyone's talking about this girl that used Gorilla Glue as hairspray. Uh, reminds me of the time they was having a contest down at the Tipsy Heifer. Whoever could ride the mechanical bull the longest won a lifetime supply of jello shots. Uh, so I thought up a scheme where I wore the tightest tight jeans possible. Then right before they called my name to go get up on the bull, I slathered super glue onto my inner thighs. Uh, long story short, uh, the fire department, FEMA, and even the manager of Hobby Lobby couldn't free me. The, they finally ended up using the jaws of life, which completely destroyed those awesome tight jeans. But hey, I won them jello shots. <laughs> uh, okay, y'all, uh, I gotta go. Uh, I'm thinking of starting an OnlyFans account. And I need to see if I can still do the splits without crying. Now, meanwhile, the viral Gorilla Glue girl, you remember Tessica Brown, okay. Well, she wants to stick around in the public eye. New photos now show the mom of five has returned from her hair-saving surgery back to L.A., where she's now trying to flog a line of clothing to cash in on her viral infamy. Snaps show a casually dressed Brown strolling in her hometown after returning from getting her glued locks freed by that Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. Uh, Brown kept her now famous hair covered, but her face clear to see in a cartoon of herself covering her white sweatshirt. Now, it's uh, an image that she's hoping will stick as she is now offering similar images on a line of official merchandise you can get online. Yeah, there's 28 bucks for the t-shirts, 50 bucks for the sweatshirts, and 45 bucks for the sweatpants, making it $123 to get the full outfit cementing her viral fame. Oh, just like that cat lawyer, you know? She's trying to cash in on her newfound fame. But, you know, unlike the Gorilla Glue, I don't really think her fame is going to stick. You know? 123 bucks for the Full outfit is a bit pricey, you know? Anybody who spends that kind of dough is almost, well, frankly, just as dumb as somebody who's putting the Gorilla Glue in their hair. <laughs> Boy. Well, needless to say, we're getting mileage out of this. But I don't know about this. Because I don't know that I've ever seen an, an item like this on a stolen property report before, if not very often at all. And this comes from right here, right down the road uh, in southern Pennsylvania. Police in Snake Spring Township, that's in Bedford County, by the way, which is down near the Maryland state line. Or I'm, I may know, it's near the West Virginia state line. That tells you something right there. Well, they're searching for a burglary who stole, among other items, an umbilical cord. That's right. An umbilical cord. You know, that, that thing that they cut off where your belly button is. The burglar broke into a storage unit at Mackey Storage Center on Lincoln Highway back in December. They steal a TV, an Xbox, some vaping equipment, a laptop, and, yes, the umbilical cord. The burglar also took a baby feet print ceramic tile. Now, I'm not really sure why the victim had an umbilical cord in their storage unit in the first place, or maybe if the thief even knew that's what they were taking. Oh, what is this? Some kind of a cable? Uh, 
Boy. Well, remember the old uh, Super Bowl streaker? The guy who claimed that he won $374,000 betting on himself to rush the field? Well, that guy, Yuri Andrade. Andrade? Yeah, he, he just got some bad news. He won't be cashing it in, unfortunately. The online, the online sports book, Bavada, says it's voiding his bets and all other streaker-related bets that they have found to have had knowledge of his pre-planned attempt to run on the field. Now, spokesman said that our players have always trusted us to ensure the integrity of all the props offered. We'll continue to make sure that any publicity stunts or ill-intended behavior cannot adversely affect the outcome of a player's wager. It's still unclear what uh, Andrade actually bet. Now, he originally said that he bet $50,000 on himself, but there was a $1,000 limit. He later clarified that he got a bunch of friends to make bets on his behalf, and they combined to win $374,000. Now, Bovada isn't canceling the whole prop bet. They are paying out for their internal investigation. Um, well, they are paying out for the, those their internal investigation concludes did not have any insider knowledge of the stunt. And those who bet that nobody would streak during the game would have their wagers refunded. So they're trying to make it right for everybody else, you see. But it won't be easy. At least one person is claiming that Bavada canceled their bets and terminated their account, and they had no knowledge of Andadre's plan. This person bet 800 bucks that there would be a streaker and was in line to rake in about six grand. That's unclear why their bet wasn't flagged, but for the record, it was for a high amount. It was made using Bitcoin, and it was made three hours before the game. Bavada didn't say how they're determining what is and what is not suspicious. But you have to wonder, you know, if this moron could have gotten away with this, he would have just kept his mouth shut instead of boasting about it. He could have kept the dough. I don't understand, but he has to go out and brag about it. You know what I mean? Come on. <laughs> like anybody else, you do something stupid. What's the first thing you do? Share it on Facebook. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's nothing like busting out a brutal totally passive-aggressive gift on what's supposed to be the most romantic day of the year. But there's this woman named Gloria on TikTok. She posts a video about the Valentine's Day gift that she got for her husband. And she prints out photos, okay, of all the other women's sexy photos that he has been liking on Instagram. And she puts them on little sticks. And then she sticks those little sticks into a piece of foam to make a lovely collage sculpture with them. Yes. Now, the, the video immediately went viral. It racked up more than 4 million views. She also posted another video with his reaction when she gave it to him. And it seems mostly like they both took it all as a big joke. Well... Mostly. Since everybody's sharing what they got their significant other for Valentine's Day, I thought I'd share mine. So I got my husband this cute little box, filled it with pictures, all the girls' photos that he's been liking on Instagram. Hope he likes it. So, what do you do when your name takes on a whole new meaning? 
I guess I could ask people with names like Isis and Alexa, but they may not have it as bad as that one group. And you know who I'm talking about? You know, all that, those that are named Karen. Well, they definitely have had a pretty, pretty tough couple of years. Okay. And now it's become more or less universally known as the term to describe a woman whose privilege is showing. So now a woman named Karen, with a C, Karen Robinson, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is trying to start a network of support groups for women named Karen. She says the goal is to, quote, create that positive social change through actions and words and outreach. So, and so far, it's, well, not really going that great. Her Facebook page for the group uh, really barely has a dozen members, but maybe she can ask to speak to Mark Zuckerberg to change that. It's a common ground. Create that positive social change through actions, words, and outreach. We were at a place recently and I said, could I please speak to your manager? My son was like, oh, mom, are you being a Karen? Asking for a manager is not always negative. I may have actually found the first new member for this support group. A woman in Tennessee may file a lawsuit after a female security guard dragged her out of a bar by her hair because she wouldn't keep her mask on. Well, here's a new twist for you. When people say chlamydia is everywhere, they don't even realize just how everywhere it actually is. See, there's this woman who recently went viral, literally, after she posted a TikTok video about how she got chlamydia in her lungs. Yeah, the video has uh, now been set to private, but turns out that there are uh, uh, more forms of chlamydia than just one floating around down there. Okay, and one of them can infect your lungs and can cause a pretty serious pneumonia. That's what happened to this woman. She believes she got it from a tainted vape cartridge. She spent weeks suffering before her doctors finally figured out she wasn't suffering from COVID or any of the other more common respiratory illnesses. She also says her recovery was more difficult because her lungs were, quote, already compromised from vaping so much. So her recommendation is don't vape. I think that's pretty smart. Anyway, well, cops in Warren, Michigan are hunting for a serial criminal in the area. His crime, you may ask? sneaking into cars at auto shops and pooping in them. <laughs> so far, there have been two reports from different auto shops of somebody walking into the parking lot in the middle of the night, sitting inside one of the cars there for repairs, and leaving a rather foul package inside. Cops are still working on tracking the guy down. I've been with this company 20 years and never ever seen anything like this before. We noticed that the customer started going through two of the cars that were unlocked, grabbed some sanitary napkins. He defecated inside the side of the customer's van. He did seem like he was on something. Second time around, he was perfectly fine. Last thing we want is customers to feel like this is something that we have caused when it's an ignorance on behalf of somebody else. Well, if um, you're going to try to fake an excuse to take your day off at work, you've got to at least try to stick the landing there's a 20-year-old woman named Roberta Clark who works as an electrician in Scotland, and uh, she was at a baby gender reveal party. But, well, she texted her boss that she couldn't make it to work because of the snow. 
And then just a few seconds later, well, she meant to text a friend a picture of a huge bottle of champagne she was about to open at the party, but she accidentally sent the picture to her boss instead. <laughs> yes, she apologized. But amazingly enough, the boss seemed pretty cool with it. He told her he'd see her tomorrow. Must be the boss of the year. Well, I told you about this in last the last episode of the podcast. Uh, I don't know if you'd want to stay in this home of a fictional serial killer, but uh, if you're a fan of The Silence of the Lambs, you might have a chance to do that, to stay in the home that was portrayed as Buffalo Bill's home. I told you last episode that the home in Periopolis, Pennsylvania, was recently sold after being on the market for like four weeks. The new owner, Chris Rowan, says he plans to turn the home into a bed and breakfast. Now, last week I told you about, you know, talking to my insane friend nephew, Pancho Guerro, that we stayed at a haunted bed and breakfast, my wife and I, down in Bedford, Pennsylvania, yeah, down in that where I just talked about earlier, called the Jean Benet Tavern. And uh, it is a, a very quaint little place, and it's full of history. It was where General George Washington uh, commanded the troops for the Whiskey Rebellion. It was built in the 1700s. And, I, and it's also one of the most haunted bed and breakfasts in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And um, I just wanted so bad to maybe secretly record some weird demonic voice and put it on my phone as an alarm to go off in the middle of the night and I'll have my phone inside the, you know, the nightstand. I'll sleep through it. My wife won't. And she'll freak out. Maybe we should look at maybe checking out this bed. She loves bed and breakfast. I like bed and breakfast. Hey, honey, let's go to a bed and breakfast, huh? And we'll stay at the home of the Silence of the Lambs. You know, Buffalo Bill's house. You want to come? Well, the owner... Chris Rowan says he plans to renovate parts of the house to match the film. He says he's hoping a contest will help to choose who'll be the first couple to spend the night there once the renovations are all complete. It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. <laughs> Mr. My family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Well, if you're interested... You can enter via social media links at buffalobillshouse.com and the winner will be announced in March. Good luck. Everybody has a little stupidity in their world. And frankly, I would love to hear about it. Now, if you got a great story from your stupid world, or if you want to respond to one of my stupid stories, let me hear from you. Contact me at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Or if you have a question, maybe a comment about something that I've said or that you've heard. Or if you want to tell of some of your own firsthand experiences of stupidity that you've encountered, I'd love to hear from you too. You can record a message for me at podcast.insaneericlane.com. I might even actually use your feedback on an upcoming episode. Of course, if you haven't done so already, and frankly, I fail to see why you haven't, you should follow me on social media, on Facebook or on Twitter, just by searching out the handle at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E. 
Meet me in the shade of the sunshine tree, pretty little Florida sunshine tree, in the shade of the sunshine tree. I, I would try to use my brand new microphone on my smartphone, but I I'm not haven't been able to test it out yet. Uh yes, you you're not. Um, I thought the smartphone was supposed to do it all for you, or the microphone <laughs> actually was supposed to do it all. Yeah, well, it it could almost do everything but cook my 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 dinner, you know. But hey, there you go. Uh, but apparently. Yeah, the, the, this this microphone is just it's it's sweet, you know, and you it, it it can connect to the smartphone, but I guess they have to have a special cable. I got to go to the store and get that. It's not that hard to find, but maybe one day I can get it to work. But so far, so good, you know. Oh, that's awesome. That's much better than, than my week. My, well, my week, it is um, allergy season down here, uh, and it just kicked in for everybody that I know of, at least this week. So you've been slinging snot all week. Is that what you're saying? Oh, my. Well, I, I wish I could be slinging more of it. Um, <laughs> finally, it, it, it's just started to – I had so much pressure. I was like, about anything to get it out of my nose, please. Um, <laughs> it, finally, I, I turned a, a new leaf today, at least. And it's – I'm like about 60%, but uh, oh so much, much better than I was yesterday, so. Well, that's good. That's good. I mean, of course, you know, you're living in probably the allergy capital of America. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, usually it's not too bad. Last year, I don't think I had hardly anything, but I don't know what it is this year. Well, I know this week, particularly, um, this has to be hate Florida week because two-thirds of the country is under a bed of snow. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. This is, um, you know, you complain about the the um allergies but i would take this over snow this i get the allergies maybe once twice a year for like a yeah. week and well, I've, I've, i i i all i have seen on my social media feeds is pictures of all of my relatives in arkansas and texas and louisiana showing pictures of all the snow they've been getting so what well this is me saying that come to florida it, it's a Becoming more of a survival strategy. <laughs> and then wow. one. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. And, and uh, apparently, you know, Florida is also the place for honeymoons and places to go after you get married. That is, if you can get past the engagement process, like this one guy did in Orlando, Florida, which I want to hear your take on this story. So oh, yeah, good. Yeah. So most people that honeymoon in Florida don't live in Florida. And most people <laughs> that live in Florida honeymoon act like this guy. If you think you could pull off uh, two serious relationships secretly, you can't go cheap and pull amateur moves like this. Mm. I had to look up a picture of this guy just to see what he looked like. Uh, there, there's a 48-year-old <laughs> guy named Joseph Davis. And he met two women about six years ago through OkCupid. Now, one of these women lives in Florida and the other one in Orange County, Florida. And he's been in a serious relationship with both of them. Now, he used a fake name in both relationships. So one woman knew him as Joe Brown and one knew him as Marcus Brown. Now, Joseph proposed to the Orlando girlfriend but he recently decided he wanted to propose to the Orange City one, too. So 
what does he decide to do? He decides to steal the engagement ring he'd already given to his fiance to give to his other girlfriend. And the Orlando woman figured out something was going on. And when she uh, started searching on Facebook, she spotted the Orange uh, City woman wearing the ring. And the women got in touch with each other and the police. And nice. they put the arrest warrant out for Joseph. Nice. Very nice. This reminds me, true story, and I won't reveal his name, but he lived in Canada and successfully dated two girls at the same time for several months who lived in the same apartment complex. Dang. And yeah, I mean, and he, it was, it was amazing. Uh, of course, now he, he, he says he's not proud of it, but it's <laughs> like he would, he would take one girl out on a date at seven o'clock, have her back at like before nine o'clock, leave the apartment complex, drive around the block, come back, come into a different entrance to the apartment complex, pick up the next girl for the nine o'clock date and take oh, them out God. on the day. Wow. <laughs> I, um, that, that, uh, that meme with Ron Burgundy, he's, uh, yeah. I'm not even mad. That's just amazing. <laughs> he did that successfully for seven months. And I think to this day, I don't think either girl has figured it out. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> but still, stealing an engagement ring to give to another woman, that's bad. Okay. Oh, yeah, but yeah. but stealing a coworker's food at work, ugh, that could be life-threatening. I'm going to tell you. Okay. Just take it from me. Okay. But this, uh, you know, th if there's any benefit at all from working at home, Okay, it is this. The, the yogurt you left in the fridge won't mysteriously disappear. Okay, there's a well, yeah, or or the kids, which is probably going to happen too. That's more true, but, right? Yeah, so this new survey found that one in three people have stolen a co worker's food before. Okay, and a, a lot of these thieves. They've got to be repeat offenders, okay? Because like 47% of us have had something stolen, okay? Now, here are some interesting stats from the survey. Okay, drinks are obviously the number one thing people will help themselves to. The most stolen beverages are like the sodas, the special coffees, the energy drinks like Red Bull. But if let's say you order a whole pizza at work. You better guard it with your life because one in six people think it's fine to come on and sneak a piece, okay, without even asking, especially if you leave it sitting around in the common area, okay? But one in 17 people said that they'd even steal food right out of a co-worker's lunchbox or lunch bag if it's unguarded, oh, okay? <laughs> the nerve of this. Now, the states that have the most people that admit to stealing food at work are Alaska, Louisiana, Indiana, Kansas, and of all places, Arkansas, all right? And then the states where people are least likely to admit it are states like Minnesota, Mississippi, North Dakota, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Vermont. But I think Pennsylvania is right up there, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, I mean, well, actually, one of the networks is already combining two of their most successful shows to cover this issue. Coming soon to the Peacock, The Office Law & Order, Special Food Theft Unit. But everything has a shelf life, so I must eat. Oh, I steal things all the time. It's nice not to have to plan my meals. 
Well, I went to the break room, opened the fridge, took out my bag that said dad on it because my daughter made me lunch. Everybody, the office is being pulled apart. Someone had helped themselves to the sandwich. So maybe you're not completely ethical after all. Maybe I'm not. You know what I want you to do? Shake hands, get over it. The Office Law and Order Special Food Theft Unit. You know, I think I might have some type of cheese in the back of my fridge you might like. I've got some cheese you might like too in between my toes. Now, if you really want to see my ugly side, okay, you just try this move on me, pal. Just mm-hmm. try it. True story happened at my job, okay? It only happened one time. Okay, but uh, it turns out over the weekend, I found folks were uh, siphoning off my coffee creamer. Okay, and and I like my coffee creamer, and this you know I, I don't make that much money at work, so this stuff is not cheap. If yeah, I get the the cheapest I can get, like the store brand. Okay, so I decided I'll fix this guy's little red wagon because nobody. I mean, look, if you just leave a note, put a note inside saying, "Hey, I hope you don't mind. I took some of your coffee creamer." Even that would have appeased me, okay? Or, or replace, so, you know, you buy, we buy every other. As, yeah, As long as you right. have, like, a, a rule or understanding them. Right. I mean, but they didn't have the decency to even leave a note or anything, okay? And I have my coffee creamer, okay? It's actually put in, like, a plastic bag I get at the store, okay? And I twist the top really a lot so therefore you've got to really work to get into this thing so it's obvious that it's somebody's because it's in a bag okay Mm -hmm. it's not even setting out it's like separate so they have to know they're getting into somebody's stuff okay so i decided to set a booby trap okay so i had a little bit left of coffee creamer in one of the in one of the the jugs i went to the store and i bought a, a, a jug of milk of magnesia and a bottle of mineral oil Ooh. and mix the two into the remaining bit of coffee creamer in this one. one. And then I, I left and then I put a sign on the refrigerator that says, you know, if you didn't buy it, don't, don't take it. All right. So, but that didn't seem to stop them. I came into work the next day. Okay. And the sign was ripped off. And apparently they did get into it <laughs> so, because they ripped, they ripped the sign in three or four pieces and left it in the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh, so, the so it was, it was, I, 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 it was total vindication. They never got into the refrigerator ever again. <laughs> I, if it was going to get, if, if it was going to get any worse, I was going to have my wife make some special brownies with special ingredients inside. Oh, no. Poop brownie. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a more so that would steal food for me with, uh, with stuff when I was in college. I, I've had more of that than maybe one time my lunch was stolen in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. But, but I'll tell you, case closed, I think a uh, puke emoji would certainly describe how the outcome was if that guy put <laughs> that stuff in his coffee well you know you're, you're dating yourself uh with that puke emoji there the, I know. so this is apparently a, a teenagers here that um would consider me old as well for this or maybe just consider me a millennial uh that even the, the crying from laughter emoji has been named uncool by the younger generation um i guess this oh wow is puke emoji but i'm sure that's not far behind um yeah, yeah. Now they they haven't declared that all emojis are uncool, at least yet. Now, 
I remember the days where I would use emoticons uh, before emojis even existed. Uh, you know, That's right. <laughs> how would how would any of us communicate without some of them by this point, right? Uh, unfortunately, yeah. there does not seem, or there does seem to be a consensus, at least that one emoji is definitely uncool. And it's that one that you probably use the most, the, that crying from laughter emoji, which is yeah. a laughing face with tears coming out. I'm sure that everyone knows what that is. Uh, now, oh, yeah. it's so uncool, it's just become too mainstream, man. Um, like a dude. <laughs> Now, according to the website EmojiTracker.com, which monitors emoji use on Twitter in real time, it's by far the most used emoji, and it's been at or near the top for at least four years. So CNN interviewed some young folks about the emoji, and their responses are brutally honest. Uh, doing the real reporting there, CNN. Um, now... <laughs> One 17-year-old said it's bland and people his age don't use it. And a 21-year-old said that she didn't even know where to find it on her phone's emoji keyboard. Now, many wow. um, you know, I think would still probably uh, use this emoji when they text each other about all the things they know about the men in their lives. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you didn't use it, what emoji would you use instead? Yeah, I, I well, at this point, I feel like we're too far down the emoji, um, I guess, rabbit hole to, you know, if you don't use the, the one, then people are thinking, oh, man, why is it so serious today? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen uh, Jimmy Kimmel sometimes will will use emojis to, to communicate? It's pretty hilarious. <clears throat> on on his tv show he'll of course the one emoji i try not to use is the eggplant <laughs> that's a good one not to and yeah i, I don't know i stopped <laughs> watching kimmel when he started crying on his shows <laughs> i was like oh, okay this isn't <laughs> funny anymore i thought you're supposed to be comedian although i'll admit i don't use near the emojis that i have on my phone a lot of them i'm just like how how, how would that fit? I don't get it. I'm just not much of an emoji composer, I guess. I, I like mixing emojis that don't seem to, to match or that don't really fit my, <laughs> my reality. And so uh, one, combinations I use often are um, cigarette, sunglasses face, mm. flame, flame, flame. And that's my cool guy thing, even though it's not cool to smoke. But, you know, I, I remember when, yeah. when I was a kid, you know, it's like, oh, you'd be like, cool, you'd be right. So I, I try to play on that. Sometimes I, I make it cigarette, sunglasses, flame, 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 cigarette, robot, flame, flame, flame. And I'm thinking this is like a, a, the, the skin's burned off the robot. And now there's just a smoking robot left, like a Terminator. Yeah. And uh, at work, uh, you know, they, we don't have all the options on the Skype. So I, uh, I do a lot of the, the flexing muscles and the cool guy sunglasses face. And it's all just ridiculous and over the top. I, I probably need to bone up a little bit on my e emoji etiquette, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I mean, a lot of women. I'm sure I have no emoji etiquette whatsoever. <laughs> well, I, I know a lot of women still use this emoji whenever they text each other about all the things that they maybe know about all the men in their life. Yeah. So this uh, it actually, it, it, it comes to when you try to figure out what people are thinking. I know my wife probably. If she, I don't think she uses emojis, but the thing is, she does talk to her girlfriends, and I'm sure I'm the topic of this, of conversation many times. Okay, but 
when it comes to this, I mean, I think my mom even had this skill too, that they're good at reading minds, okay? Much better than men are, okay? And, and my mother could tell me what she knew I was thinking. And I'm like, how does she know this stuff? You know, and my wife is the same way. I, I mean, and so this, yeah, I don't know. My, mind reading sometimes is referred to as mentalizing in the psychological so terms. So what you're okay? saying is that women it's, are mental? I guess you could say that. Yes. I never really put it that way, but yes, very good. <laughs> They're mentalizing. <laughs> and F emphasis on the men, mentalizing. <laughs> Get it? Okay. Well, it's this ability to, to pick up on these subtle behavior cues that might indicate mm, that somebody that we're speaking to is thinking uh, something maybe that they're not saying, like they're lying or maybe being a little sarcastic. Okay. That's my wife's second tongue. She's, uh, she speaks sarcastic, bilingual. Okay? but yeah, bilingual. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, the, the experts actually say that some of us have inherently better mind reading ability than others, but um, an experiment found that women were overall better in mind reading than the men were. Now, this research was done to, they say, quote, better understand the lived experience of people with mind-reading difficulties, you know, like those with autism, okay, with, with a goal of trying to make it easier to identify those who need help learning, you know, to get better at mind-reading. But I think, I think most women use it for much more of a nefarious reasons, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think I'm actually a pretty good mentalizer myself then, but I just refuse to actually mentalize beyond that mm -hmm. because, uh, you know, if you're not going to be open about something, then I'm not going to try to assume or, or try to read your mind. Even if I can tell something's mm -hmm. up, if you won't respond to it, then I'm going to say, okay, well, don't complain when you don't get your way then because you never said anything. Well, I love the way, I mean, I, I can tell when my, when my wife is begins to try to read the minds of the kids because I begin to feel like that we're on a, very long extended fishing expedition. <laughs> I thought you were going to start to say because you get these splitting headaches. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, there's a woman who put some of her mind reading uh, work in her hunch paid off with being reunited with a long lost sibling here. This is, it's a pair of 51 year old um, former classmates in Indiana who reconnected decades later on Facebook, and they made a shocking discovery. Um, now, they're long-lost twin siblings. Um, now, Karen Warner said she found out her biological mother's name a few years ago when Indiana unsealed adoption records, and the discovery came with a surprise that she had a twin brother. So Warner says she sought help from various adoption websites to try to find her long-lost brother, Everybody kept coming up with nothing because we didn't have a name to go by or anything, Warner told uh, WTHR-TV. Warner said the big break came when she obtained local voting records with a list of three men who shared her birthday. So naturally, she got in a fight with him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the, third, <laughs> the third name on the list, Mike Jackman, stood out because uh, he was a, a high school classmate when she had only very, one, one that she had only very recently reconnected with on Facebook. So Warner said, uh, sent Jackman a um, Facebook message and saying, you know, we might be twin siblings. Well, the, the pair had a DNA test performed and that confirmed their connection. So, uh, you know, I don't know how many Christmas and birthday presents 
they must owe each other. I think that's like what thirty years <laughs> of sibling rivalry yep. to catch up on. But um, yep, I, yep, I, yep. That's story, right. Though, I mean, I wonder if the sibling rivalry would be quite the same with a with a guy and a girl versus uh, you know with with like a, a boy and a boy like with me and my brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is interesting, but they always say that no, no matter what, no, even people that have been separated as twins, they still have this connection. So it was interesting that it that her, unbeknownst to her, twin brother was one of her best friends in high that school. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? You know, I mean, so they had some sort of a, but the thing is, I mean, if they were twins, you would have thought that they might have thought, wow, you two really look similar, you know? Yeah, so I don't know why nobody looks, figured that everybody out. Everybody looks pretty much the same in Indiana. I don't know if you've ever seen Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all that, it's all that fine country air they are breathing out there. Um, <laughs> but I guess it can be a little risky sometimes when you try to attempt to find out about a potential family member that you've never met before, but probably not near as risky as like walking into a workplace environment that's less than desirable, which would probably include coworkers that steal from your oh, food, sure. you know, but, but yeah, but there, there was this, I was reading a, a Reddit thread that was asking what was a red flag that would put you off working for a company or a boss. And boy, I'll tell you, I've had a few of them myself. I'll tell you this, but here's some of the answers, which is kind of interesting. Okay. That would definitely kind of send some sirens off. If they ask for your uh, social media accounts, that's a definite turnoff. If, if I was going to go for a job and they'd say, well, okay, well, we need to have access to your social media accounts. I'm like, uh, I'll see you. Especially in, in <laughs> today's okay. environment with cancel calls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or if they offer you a position on the spot and then they want you to start right then, probably means a high turnover. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, a really high. Been, yeah. And it's high for a reason. Been, In fact, I think one one company had a revolving door, literally. <laughs> but, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And that, that's definitely going to give me a red flag. And then here's one. When I ask uh, what my pay is going to be in the interview, they, they don't tell me. I'm like, no, no, for uh, me at least, okay. HR for us, if it, maybe it's a big enough company, the, the person I'm interviewing with does yeah. not determine anything. They might make a recommendation, but HR, they handle that all completely separate. So that's less of, True. A, um, True. of a red flag for me. But I guess if it's a small, you know, if it's a small business you're working for, then maybe that wouldn't be the case. Well, if it's a small business and they, they say things like, oh, we're a family, <laughs> cult vibes. <laughs> Okay, no, I don't know. I'm not so sure I want to be that close to my family. You know what I'm saying? But then there's one. The parking lot is filled with old crappy cars. That right there is a red flag. <laughs> right. I've heard some some uh, really you know rich kind of millionaires drive crappy cars sometimes just because they don't get. Uh, well, I've heard that the, those who drive the nicest cars are those middle management types that care too much about uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. appearances. Well, I mean, look at Sam Walton, who founded Walmart. He he drove around an old Ford yeah. pickup. I'm sure that that would be considered a you know? great car to drive around now at this time. Yeah, but here's a huge red flag. No formal job description. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's, not a good one. 
they they, they kind of keep it open ended, you know, or any <laughs> right, or or any place that has this uh, we work hard and play hard bullcrap. Okay, if they say that, I, I can promise you, you can be sure that it's all work and no play. I'm fine. Yes. Yeah. Or during an interview, the owner was asking me if I was married or if I had kids or how old they were and what do I do with them during the day? What? Definitely a big that. Yeah. Well, look, this actually happened to my 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 wife when, when she we were first married and when we moved out to Hooterville, Pennsylvania, you know, up in the middle of the Timbuktu's and she went to work and she the guy is asking in the job interview so do you like the town? Are you? Do you plan to make a family? Are you planning? And I'm like, that's illegal. You can't ask that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm like, and, and, and a place called Hooterville. It's just it sounds suggestive. <laughs> yeah. Or how about we'll throw you into the ocean? Should learn to swim on your own. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I, I've had, I've had so many jobs that are are you know I, I just my favorite one was whenever i was living in northwest pennsylvania and decided i wanted to go job looking and i was going to interview at this uh christian radio station and um it was a very um traditional christian radio station okay so and it and you know if you know me i i enjoy my nice long hair and my blue jeans and my casual dress but i decided to get a little more dressed up, you know, decided to actually, you know, uh, wear nice, dark blue, fresh, new blue jeans, you know, um, a nice shirt that actually was able to be tucked in, you know. And uh, so I, and I, I went in, very nice, you know, people that were there. But it was definitely like when I walked into the radio station, it was like I literally stepped back into the 1950s. <laughs> so. And so I go into the general manager's office where we were going to meet, and it was, and the general manager literally looked like he walked right off of the 1950s. The crew cut haircut, the little uh, little TV screen type glasses, black rim glasses, mm -hmm. you know. And sitting in in the in the room was this 90 year old man, you know, with, with a necktie and suit and everything, sitting in the chair with his hands folded and slightly shaking, you know, and. Before we are going to have the interview, he says, we're going to have a word of prayer. And Brother Virgil here is going to lead us in a word of prayer. <laughs> and, and so we had a little word of prayer. And as soon as Brother Virgil finished his amen, the general manager looks at me and goes, now, about your appearance. <laughs> right <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> the dude. I kid you not, the dude gives me a complete description of what my hair should look like. He said it should look like just like mine. It was the high and tight haircut. He spun around in his swivel chair to give me a 360 degree view of what his haircut looked one like. Of us, one of us. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's been great meeting you. God bless you. And I'll never see you again for the rest of my life. I don't know what. Well, well, I mean, is there any red flags that would put you off for uh, a company? Well, uh, the main one would be like job description is like we're looking for a, a self. Um, what was it like a uh, self motivated, um, like uh, competitive, 
you know, good communicator. I'm like, oh, this is a phone sales job. I I don't want mm-hmm. phone sales. Sorry. And um, mm-hmm. and then the, that, that revolving door you talked about. I've had a couple there where I just think, uh, no, 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 I'm not even. Yeah, yeah. I will cancel it. What would be a good sign if you if 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 you had something that's like okay I like this what would be what would that well, be I'll, I'll tell you where where it's at now which is great I, I mean I have a big um, a large pool of, of places and people that work where I do so uh, I'll go for a job shadow and I'll I'll just shadow different teams for an hour sometimes over my lunch break mm-hmm. uh, especially if I apply to one and uh, get an idea do I like the people introduce myself before the interview that way, you know, they get to meet me They I get to meet them and I, and kind of get the, the, the nervous uh, first impressions out of the way. And then I, I have questions to ask them. And I get an idea to see if I like it or not. Um, good benefits is definitely one yeah. thing. I, I, uh, I will say that I did work a phones job for a little bit when I started out where I'm at now. And I, I wouldn't have done it if it was pretty much any other company. So, um, you know, knowing people that work there, I think helps, and uh, and just having having a good, um, I don't know, they uh, you can tell, like especially when you go in there, you can tell if the people there are happy or not. Yeah, well, I, I know the worst job I ever worked for. I was only there seven months. It was it, and let's just say it was at a radio station, also in Northwest Pennsylvania. It's actually where I met your dad oh. at the same place. Okay. Yeah, and, and and let's just say it was in a trailer in the middle of a state forest that was about 20 miles on an old logging road. It had no running water. The porta potty was like 25 yards away from the trailer where the studio was, and you had to make sure there were no bears if you had to make a run <laughs> to the bathroom if you're doing the night shift. I think I'm Mrs. Poncho had a job for maybe like four hours and then she left. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those phone, phone and sales rep kind of things. And she's like, yeah, this is not for me. Uh, now I, I will say, I think one of the, the worst <laughs> boss I've probably ever had uh, was named Princess. And uh, I was probably, no <laughs> lie, I was probably maybe 16. Uh, so at least I got the worst boss thing out of the way early. And um <laughs> and, you know, so the, the original owners, right? Like, I'm working at this ice cream shop. It opened up, right? Yeah, you know, I could run my bike there. And, and I'm, I'm working there at like the age 15. I'm now like 16 or 17. And the, like, I was there when it opened. The owner and I got to know each other. We had a good manager that was there. That manager left. And a new manager came in named, no lie, Princess. And so we had to call her Princess. And <laughs> she, she would not like, be take any part in anything that was ever going on there and the moment that things would like like she'd always criticize everything you're doing like oh why aren't you doing this oh we had a rush of people uh, in here and i don't see anyone in here now they just left like they're we've been nonstop for like an hour get all this stuff done and and i'm like you don't even know what you're, what you're what you're asking me to do is it the real way to do stuff because you, you've only been here for a month and uh yeah she was i i literally <laughs> left the job because uh I was like, you know, I'll spend my last year of high school just, you know, not not working and focusing on school. But the real reason was I just didn't want to work for Princess. It just sounded like just talking about it gave you a lot <laughs> well, of stress. It, it was really funny. I went, when the um, owner of the place first came by, she was like, oh, the, the Princess was the name of my dog. And uh, she did not mean it in a sarcastic, <laughs> condescending way, but... 
<laughs> the look that she got from oh man, it was pretty funny. So <laughs> it was kind of oh, well. I don't know. I, I've worked my fair share of jobs and uh, that were pretty pretty tough or not that great. And uh, you know, um, if if only I would have known that I just needed a little extra '80s pop songs in my life to manage that stress. Yeah, That's <laughs> right. right. So so. Um, Right, when That's you got love or, or just life's other stresses, uh, you know, it, it tears us apart. But irresistible '80s pop jams could help us put back together again. Um, this is what, at least according to a recent study by Turkey-based cosmetic surgery center Vera Clinic, which uh, specializes in hair transplants. Um, those with perhaps a good reason experience anxiety. Now, I'm thinking of you needing a hair transplant. 80s music might be the most comforting because it might be the kind that you grew up listening to anyways. But the, actually, the survey asked about 1,540 adults ages 18 to 65. So they've got some young ones in there, too. And um, they asked them to undergo a series of mental stress tests where, uh, during which they listened to various Spotify playlists composed of several popular genres of music, including the 60s golden oldies, 70s rock anthems, and 90s R&B. Um, now, the pop culture experiment also included less mainstream styles, such as uh, dubstep, jazz, and modern classical. I think jazz would probably stress me out more. I'll tell you, it depends <laughs> on the kind of jazz, but that freeform jazz... Oh, I don't know. I can't do it. Um, now, however, the resulting research here, they found that playlists which included beloved cheesy hits from the 80s had the most pacifying effect on participants, uh, which means that Quentin Tarantino is probably going to be using 80s pop music in the background of his next uh, movie. Um, and now with this, 96% uh, of the group reported a decrease in blood pressure while listening to the tunes. 36% also felt their heart rate drop. I thought, no. I thought that was for dubstep. You're always waiting for the heartbeat to drop. But um, <laughs> no, yeah. another great 80s way to reduce stress is to pop the collar of your eyes on shirt. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, it's good to know that these songs do reduce stress, uh, you know, but I, I think for maximum effect, you probably have to listen to it on a mixtape on your Sony Walkman. Uh, of course. I had one of those. <laughs> they, were the, they were the best. Absolutely. You know, yeah, well, I mean, people laugh at me over the, the, the stuff I listen to. But frankly, I, I love some of the 80s stuff. And, of course, I'm also still stuck in the 70s, too. 70s is always – you can't you can't go wrong with the Bee Gees. <laughs> right. I, well, I always uh, find myself going back to the 90s these days. Um, just the th things that I heard on the radio when I was growing up, uh, on, like, the school bus or, or in the car um, – and it kind of put, brings you back yeah. to that, like that sense of childhood. Oh yeah. Well, see, for me, '80s stuff. It's all '80s rock because that's whenever I was into MTV. Yeah. Back when MTV played music videos, you know. So, well, listen, we got some folks seeking your advice once again. They want to ask Pancho, and um, well, this uh, this first one. Sounds like uh, we might have uh, a conspiracy theorist or something. Oh, yeah. I'm not even sure about the conspiracy theory. This sounds more like a flying spaghetti monster. Um, <laughs> this is how <laughs> my brother believes fiction is fact. Um, this is after watching the Netflix show based on the video game, The Witcher. My brother claimed he believes in whatever that show is about to have. 
uh, truth of the universe's powers that be, um, that there is a religious truth behind the legends. I have yet to watch this show and am dubious for many reasons. How bizarre is it for someone to just announce a new religion based on a video game or TV show? Worse, what if I watch it and I think there's some accuracy to it? Does that make us nuts? How often do people watch a fiction story and just decide, I could see this explaining a lot? Um, I mean, a lot of people don't believe accurate hmm. things, so I guess a lot of people do believe fiction, but that is pretty weird to base it on something that you know for sure is fiction. Um, I, I think that your brother probably just wants to be the Witcher. Is uh, I'm pretty sure that's what that means. <laughs> I think a lot. Of <laughs> I've never seen an, an episode. <laughs> I, of I'm it. familiar with the video game more. I've never watched an episode either, but uh, I I know that uh, it's very popular. I guess with uh, with people. So uh, I think that he just wants to be the Witcher, and uh, I, I I hope that it's tongue in cheek. <laughs> If he if he truly believes it, he might be too far. I, I think I I just think that uh, he's pulling <laughs> That's somebody's what it sounds chain. Sounds like to me. <laughs> so well, this this nobody's pulling the chain with this this poor guy. I, okay, and he's he's needing some advice because he feels like his wife is creating a fake beach room. And since you know you guys live near the beach, this might be a good one for you to answer. He says it's from Benjamin, and Benjamin's asking. He says, like a lot of folks, I think my wife might have finally lost it or she's a complete genius she turned a guest room into a beach room and uh, she's got happy lamps in there she's got beach chairs buckets underneath the chairs to soak your feet even as a sunscreen bottle open in front of a fan so it'll smell good should i be worried or should i just enjoy it being five o'clock somewhere under my roof <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I guess that depends I, I, if you're a beach guy or not <laughs> Look, for me, I mean, I don't mind that. I just don't want to be in the sun and get I a sunburn. I think if she starts bringing uh, you know. in and importing sand into the room, then she's definitely lost <laughs> it. Um, I will say I'm very thankful that Mrs. Poncho isn't this kind of way. Um, I know that we, we only live like 30 minutes from the ocean, but we're not really like beach people per se. We I prefer to go at night and watch like the satellites go um, go go by the uh, the, the sky. But um, but yeah, I ooh, I'm not sure if I like that. <laughs> I, I I actually it's about the only way I would actually enjoy the beach would be at night. I I remember we went as uh, our church went to Panama City Beach years ago, and I was like in eighth grade, and we were walking the beach back at night, and I loved it. My favorite part was all the girls would think they were going to step into a nest of crabs and I would run behind them and pinch the ankles on their feet to make them think that they were getting pinched by crabs. Oh I, I just remember that. <laughs> so, but, but so no, I, uh, I don't know. I, I can, church I, girls crabs. Yeah, that's right. I gave all the church girls crabs. <laughs> Business is Emerald Valley of Crewell, Oregon. Emerald Valley. I think that this is going to be a golf course. Very good. Of course, being in Oregon, it probably would be. The next business, 
South Oaks in Massapequa, New York. South Oaks. This sounds like it might be a rehab. It is a rehab, indeed. Now, here's one for you. It could be either one. Desert Sands in Mesa, Arizona. Oh, there's no way to know. I, I don't see there being many golf courses in Arizona, but there's got to be a couple of them. I'm going to go with the golf course. It's my gut. You are correct. It is a golf course. <laughs> and here's another one in Arizona. It's called Silver Sands in Prescott, Arizona. Okay. I, I can't say think that there's more than one golf course in Arizona. This is going to be a rehab. It is a rehab. Very good. All right. And your last one is Sands Point in Port Washington, New York. Oh, gosh. A lot of Sands. Um, I'm going to go with the golf course. You got 100% on that one. You scored yeah, big I time. Think, I think that's a first. It has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. All it's right. The day. Well, let's see if you are going to walk into a steakhouse or a gay bar. Oh, you're going to eat these words so fast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your, your first one is the trophy room of Boston, Massachusetts. The trophy room. Um, you know, I'd like to think this is a steakhouse that has lots of taxidermy around it. Actually, it's a gay bar. Oh, I knew right. <laughs> right at the there. Yeah. Uh, you, br you bring your trophy into the trophy room, you see. Yeah, yeah. Or you ask yeah. someone else to hold your trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your next business, the Timber Lodge in Bloomington, Minnesota. Timber Lodge. That, I guess that's going to be a, a steakhouse here. Yeah, in Bloomington, Minnesota, it's got to be a steakhouse. Absolutely correct. And your next one is the Village Station in Texarkana, Arkansas. The Village Station. Is this like the Village People? Um, I'm going to go with a... Uh, I'm going to go to the steakhouse. You should have stuck with the village people. It's a oh, gay bar. Oh, no, I knew it. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. And your third or fourth business is Lavo in New York, New York. Lavo. Well, this stuff sounds fancy. It's probably a fancy steakhouse. It is a steakhouse indeed. And your last one is Lost Society in Washington, D.C. Lost Society. You know, I bet that this is also a steakhouse. I'm going to go steakhouse all the way here. Why would you call a steakhouse Lost Society? I don't know. It just sounds – I've been to D.C. once. Everything is so ritzy there. It is a steakhouse. You're correct. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> for a minute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, your next one, strip club or daycare. Okay. Let's see how well you do with this one. Hopefully. All right. Your first one is Adventures, located in Morgantown, West Virginia. Um, I think Adventures is going to be a daycare. It is indeed a daycare. The next one is Pirate's Cove in Portland, Oregon. Pirate's Cove. I'm going to go with a, well, Portland, we're going to go with a, a strip club. <laughs> very good <laughs> that is a strip club indeed that's right and uh, your third one is la petite academy in deltona florida oh this has to be a uh, like a daycare that sounds it nuts. is in it is indeed a daycare yeah. absolutely all right and the next one is the bear's den in magna utah 
I, well, I would say that this would be a, a gay bar, except for the fact that this is a, this is the wrong game. Um, this might be a strip club. <laughs> it is a strip club. It's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. You may be getting four or five for five on this one. Your last one, it's called Sweet Angels in Miami, Florida. Oh, I, I've got to think that this is going to be a strip club. It is a daycare. <laughs> that, that was a I, red herring. That, that was, definitely was a red herring. Yeah, that and because and, it could have been either one, especially in Miami. Oh, in Miami, I don't even think it could have. I, I could say I would have at least had two to one odds on that that it was going to. All right, and along those same lines. Porn star or weatherman? I'll read you this list of the names of these entertainers, and you tell me which one they are. Your first one, Lexington Steel. <laughs> this sounds like a porn star. Absolutely. <laughs> it was, of course, I want to see one to be uh, a weatherman that is also doing a side hustle as a porn star. That would be really pretty funny. It's both. Yeah. All right. Your next one is Tor Bergeron. Uh, this sounds like a, a weatherman for sure. He is a weatherman for Sweden's National Weather Service. I think what you're looking for on that last one is a weatherman with an OnlyFans. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Your third one is Wade Nichols. Wade Nichols. You know, there's something about this. I'm, I'm thinking it's a weatherman. He's actually a porn star, but I'm Ooh. sure he probably could be a weatherman as a side hustle. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's just uh, like that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe he's got that, that, that OnlyFans oh, yeah, website. I should have guessed it with a name like Wade. Yeah, true. That's true. All right. Your fourth entertainer's name is <laughs> Bob Johns. <laughs> Bob Johns, uh, better than John Bob's John. Um, I'm going to say this is a weatherman. You are correct. I thought you were going to say Bob's Johnson there, but I was not going to go there. <laughs> so, <laughs> Richard and, Johnson would be the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your last name is Sam Champion. Sam, okay, well, Sam Champion. I think this has to be a uh, a porn star. He is actually a weatherman for Eyewitness News New York. That's impressive. (laughs) Actually, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say, didn't he? I mean, he may have done some weather for Good Morning America. What was the name like, Champion? Yeah, I I, I actually think that. All right. So you're. Yeah. Well, your last one, best for last, fake news or Florida. I will read you a headline. You tell me if it's fake or Florida. Your first headline. A Tampa man filed a false tax report and was busted after the IRS sent him a $980,000 refund. $980,000? Oh, man. You know what? I think that this could be a Florida story, though. You are correct. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, how did you think that you could get away with that? Well, he did for a little bit. Bermuda by the time that they got anything. Well, actually, uh, considering the fact it's the IRS, he may have gotten a good five years before uh, getting busted. 
true. Absolutely. Your next headline, an adult doctor, I'm sorry, an adult actor was arrested for impersonating a police officer after he drove home from the set in a police outfit. <laughs> this sounds pretty funny, but I think this might be fake news. It is indeed fake news. Very <laughs> good. <laughs> it was definitely very good. I will say that. <laughs> and your third headline is a skateboarding riding man or skateboard riding man hitches a ride on the back of a police car held on for five minutes before they even noticed him. Yeah, I think this could be Florida. Actually, it's fake news. Oh, man. That's a classic, though. I think that could be like in it New would. York as well. I guess if you crouched down low enough, you might be able to keep from being seen, I guess. I don't know. You might be able but, to pull a Marty McFly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So in your next headline is a man stripped naked in a shopping mall and made a whooping sounds at nearby police. Oh, this is totally Florida. I can feel it. Completely, <laughs> completely, totally true. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And your last one, a man hitched a ride on the back of a bus and hung on for 10 miles before fleeing. I can see this being Florida, too. That indeed is a Florida story. Absolutely. So yeah. did pretty good. for, uh, And I think the one that you messed up on, that could really could have gone either way. Oh, it could have. But I, I, I did pour on the one that really mattered. Yeah, that's right. They're the ones that I, I'm just impressed that you did so well on the golf course of rehab. You did very good on that. Oh, I had to eventually get a, a yeah. be par for the course or get a home one. One of these days, we'll yep. have to get you uh, on the, the guessing. and You know, uh, that's true, because I, I, I'm probably not near as good as you are. Though. <laughs> well, uh, I've been doing it for, for months now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, buddy. Will you uh, stay warm down there and uh, keep the snow at bay? Oh, I, I will gladly keep the snow at bay, though. Um, we might be keeping it at bay all to ourselves. <laughs> Well, before we get started in um, our Insane Week in Review, one of the things that also happened within this last week or so was yet another scandal involving a prominent religious figure. Okay, let's, let's, let's backtrack here. We, we had, uh, you know, Jerry Falwell Jr., okay, with Liberty University. We had that whole mess, you know, where him and his wife were doing all kinds of weird things with the pool boy. Then, then we had the, the pastor of Hillsong, you know, the Hillsong Church. Well, he had to quit because there was some hinky stuff that he was doing. And now we had the uh, iconic Ravi Zacharias, who was the Christian apologist that everyone had such high respect for. Had books and went to see. I went to see Robbie Zacharias, and when he came to State College, okay, uh, definitely a wise man, okay. But now, of course, the man passed away earlier in the year, and now it's coming out of the woodwork. All of the women that he had sexual encounters with when he would get massages. We also find out that Robbie Zacharias owned two spas. What is a Christian apologist doing owning spas? Uh -huh. Well, it turns out not just one 
woman who had made some accusations, which originally his ministry vehemently denied. They have now since apologized and basically asked for forgiveness for, but there's been other women that have come out and talked about this. He would go to spas over in Bangkok, Thailand. He'd be traveling with all this. I don't know. Uh, what is with it here? You know, frankly, I'm just going to give you my take on the whole thing. It shouldn't surprise anybody. It was prophesied, okay? The Bible is prophesying this, that you're going to see things like this happen in the last days, okay? Disappointing, yes. Surprising, no. Um, it actually should surprise you when we have religious leaders that actually practice what they preach. So, folks, you cannot, please, you cannot base God's faithfulness on the unfaithfulness of God's followers. I'm just going to throw that out there, okay? Before we, before we even get started. And then here's the CEO of Johnson & Johnson, who said that people may need to be vaccinated against COVID-19 annually for the next several years, similar to like the seasonal flu shots, of which I don't get. I've never had a flu shot. And I really have never had the flu either, for that matter. It's a lot to ask, though. I mean, most of us already have to see at least one prick a year when we're around family during the holidays. Dr. Anthony Fauci said that COVID-19 may become epid uh, endemic, meaning that it'll be constantly part of our lives and communities. Things that are really going to be different for a very long time. I'm just looking forward to uh, when Fox debuts their new show, The Double Mask Singer. And a new poll puts President Biden's approval rating now at under 50%. President Biden has responded by, well, remaining under the covers. And a wild new video shows a massive brawl between teenagers breaking out at an Illinois trampoline park. This is beautiful. These trampoline teens seem like a troubled group who need to really get their lives together. I really, really hope they can... <coughs> bounce back. And you should have seen how angry the trampoline park owner was. The guy really hit the roof. And he was also really mad. And new reports say that any traveler who visits England from a red-list country faces steep fines and a possible 10-year prison sentence, an extensive prison sentence in England, hmm. also known as a marriage to Meghan Markle. I don't know. There's 33 countries, including South Africa, Portugal, and pretty much all of South America, from where travel to England is effectively banned largely because of the concerns over the new variants of the coronavirus. I mean, I get it. England doesn't want the new strain entering because people will get sick and doctors will be overwhelmed. Yeah, you know, the doctors will be almost as overwhelmed as the dentists. The bad news is if you travel to England, you'll go to prison. The good news is... The food tastes the same there as it does on the outside. New Line Cinema has locked in Watchman's Nicole Castle to direct a new adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Obviously, we don't need yet another adaptation of this story, but Hollywood producers know that the yellow brick road leads to bricks of green cash. Yeah, Hollywood frankly, is just totally out of ideas. They really are. 
if they only had a brain. They are remaking a classic. I think it will be tragic. It's gonna be so lame. They would never touch this movie and be disrespecting Judy if the studio had a brain. They don't care if it is cruddy as long as they make money and then it's all the same. They should really know that they should not go ruin my childhood if the studio had a brain. Oh, I could tell you why There's no new scripts no more Hollywood recycles crap they made before Like how they ruined all of Star Wars Next the remake Casablanca Zack Snyder will direct a new Citizen Kane Hire a new writer or two and maybe we'd see something new if the studio had a brain. And like I was talking about earlier in the podcast that Beverly Hills plastic surgeon uh, offered and removed the Gorilla Glue from the Gorilla Glue girl's hair when she accidentally used it. You know, he, they did it all for free, you know. And, of course, then I think that what they should have done is ask for an extra $5,000 and he'll inject it in her lips the next time. I don't know. But the Biden administration has reportedly canceled the U.S. takeover of TikTok. Instead, uh, TikTok expects to be taken over now by a 14-year-old dancing to Cardi B. And a new survey finds it takes 36 hints over the course of almost eight months for the average person to get their significant other to propose. I'm not surprised at all. I mean, of course, it would take at least eight months to decide if you want to spend life in prison. <laughs> One poll survey of about 2,000 engaged Americans revealed 54% said dropping hints to their partner encouraged them to propose. So, fellas... If your girlfriend asks you for, you know, if, asks if you want a, you know, want some, some ring dings for dessert, or if your girlfriend asks for your favorite candy is like a ring pop, or maybe if you want to be mischievous and play a game of ring and run, you're in big, big trouble, okay? The mayor of Sacramento blasted a group of left-wing protesters who tossed rocks at his home. In his mind, these people, I think, have hit rock bottom. He was just sitting inside trying to enjoy a nice glass of scotch on the rocks. So they provided him with some. This is not something that you normally see in the suburbs of the city. I mean, usually people only throw things out of anger at the Golden One Center after yet another Sacramento King's loss. And a koala bear in southern Australia caused a five-car pileup on a six-lane highway. Sounds like a good day to take the train, mate. New Line Cinema confirmed they are indeed making an updated version, as they said, of The Wizard of Oz, which they say will be a fresh take and a reimagining of the original. So, in other words, she's not in Kansas anymore. The new version will reportedly not feature the original music after negotiations fell through with the Lollipop Guild. And First Lady Jill Biden placed a giant candy hearts on the front lawn of the White House with words like unity and healing in what she called a Valentine to America. 
but everybody knows the words are just reminders to Joe in case he loses his way during an interview. You know, you, you can tell it starts with unity and healing, but if you look further down, you'll see, my name is Joe and I'm the president. <laughs> A new study claims that green tea may be the key to fighting cancer. Yep, that study was actually uh, brought to you by the University of Lipton with a special grant from the Bigelow State. Yeah, and then who could forget Dr. Earl Gray? I mean, who did such a fine job? I mean, I'm not going to discourage any study that wants us to do more teabagging anyway. So. And a growing number of Republicans and Democrats are calling on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign. He was caught covering up a bunch of nursing home number deaths in his state so far. About 30 politicians from both sides of the aisle has called for his resignation. But Cuomo claims the number was much lower. <laughs> The reason Cuomo is in hot water now is because of the terrible judgment he showed by ordering infected coronavirus patients to be treated in nursing homes where the virus spread easier because the population is elderly. And to make matters worse, he lied about the numbers of deaths that was caught covering it up then by the attorney general. So now matters are even worse. He writes a self-congratulatory book in which he praised his own handling of the virus. You know, this is kind of like if O.J. wrote a book about marriage advice. Yeah, Cuomo's book is still in sores everywhere. It's uh, right on the shelf next to Ted Kennedy's driver's manual and the Casey Anthony's parenting guide. Possibly even Robbie Zacharias's guide on how to start your own spa. A Florida man avoided jail time after being busted for throwing a rock through the window of a Wendy's because they stopped serving Cinnabon. Turns out a Hung jury is actually short for hungry jury. Yeah. Craziest part of the story is he's supposedly dating one of the witnesses after she saw him flip out over the Cinnabons. Kind of sounds like a rom-com called Love Handles, actually. And White House Pre Deputy Press Secretary T.J. Ducklow has resigned because he was threatening a female reporter at, a, at Politico who ran a piece about his relationship with a female reporter from Axios. True story, though. Yeah, Ducklow was dating Alexi Hammond, who was... Uh, covering the White House for Axios. And, of course, gives an all-new meaning to the media pulling for the Biden administration, I guess. Kind of blew up on him, though, when political reporter Tara Palomari uh, called to ask about the relationship and Ducklow threatened to, quote, destroy her and said, you're just jealous that no man wants to F you. Yeah, so now he's fired after just 17 days on the job. Or, as they call it in White House terms, about one and a half scaramoochies. Pentagon admitted to being testing... It's been testing debris that was recovered from UFO crashes, and the findings may change our lives forever. Yeah, these crashes are really shocking because up till now, scientists didn't even know that UFOs had female drivers. Can I just point out also that UFO crashes kind of sounds like it could be a really cool emo band, you know? Hey, we're going to go see the UFO crashes at the Palladium. Yeah. Court documents show that Bruce Springsteen admitted to drinking two shots before his DUI arrest. Actually, you can hear all about it on the new album he has. It's called Born to Rum. Springsteen was on a motorcycle, which is kind of surprising, you know, because everyone thought he'd be driving his pink Cadillac, or as it would be forever known now, his drink Cadillac.
Tom Brady is being criticized for a video in which he was seen throwing the Lombardi trophy from the boat that he was on to his teammates who were partying on another boat. Ah, oh, shut up. The Chief fans are just jealous he completed a pass. The daughter of the man who makes the trophy say that Tom disrespected it by throwing it across the water. Well, to her point, you would think that Tom would be more careful with trophies, seeing as he, you know, has uh, one of them that are trophy wives. Never mind the impeachment trial, President Biden spent some time playing video games with his granddaughter during a weekend at Camp David. I can already hear the Trump people screaming that Donald would never play video games on the job. <laughs> but if we're honest, he totally would be fired up uh, the old PGA Tour 2K21. Naomi Biden, the daughter of Hunter Biden, actually posted in an Instagram story that her grandfather beat her barely in a game of Mario Kart. Of course, it was a close race, but surprisingly, he pulled off the win at about 4 a.m. Uh, a new one-poll survey of about 2,000 Americans are now finding that the uh, top trait people look for in a potential partner is whether or not they're a good cook. Yeah, 63%, believe it or not. So if you're like uh, Chief Emerald Lagasse, you're in uh, good shape, yeah. The problem is most of us aren't even on the level of Chef Boyardee. Surprisingly, though, this uh, tasty quality edged out other options like uh, someone I can trust or someone who makes me laugh. The way to someone's heart truly is through their stomach, although judging by how fat some Americans are, they'd probably eat their own hearts too, frankly. And now Democrats have hired a former gang member who was convicted of shooting two people as a senior advisor for diversity outreach. The move gives a whole new meaning to the campaign of the slogan is called Vote or Die. And LC's 1,000-pound sisters star, Tammy Slayton, has officially stated that she is now pansexual. I think she might have meant frying pansexual, you know. If you've never heard of it, well, it's a show about uh, Georgia-based sisters, Tammy and Amy. Uh, they've always relied on each other for food and support. Uh, these two are really larger than life. Emphasis on larger. Gwyneth Paltrow recently joked about passing time during the COVID-19 pandemic by creating her own uh, vibrator after announcing the release of Goop's first sex toy on Valentine's Day. As long as it doesn't smell like her candle, I think we're good. Her company will be selling a $95, and I quote, double-sided wand vibrator. I mean, I might sound prude, but what the heck is a wand vibrator? Sounds like something you'd hear about in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Bone. And finally, the internet continues to break Super Bowl MVP Tom Brady's chops as videos of him getting drunk at the Super Bowl boat parade are still circulating. I, I just think it was kind of strange to see him on a boat because he usually walks on water. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius Award. Well, to start off on this week's Genius Award, a 74-year-old Arizona woman was arrested for allegedly whacking her sleeping boyfriend in the head with a hammer for leaving the television on. <laughs> Marilyn Ann Kepler is accused of assaulting her 74-year-old partner at their home in Bullhead City, Arizona. The man awoke to the beating and then convinced Kepler to drive him to the hospital, according to the Bullhead City Police Department. They approached a local when they got to the local hospital. Kepler then allegedly pulled a gun on the man, 
who said he was able to wrestle it away. She was a 74-year-old woman, remember? Well, then he fled the vehicle and got medical help at the hospital where he told the workers about the ordeal. And well, the hospital then alerted the police who then arrested Kepler at her house. She was later charged with aggravated assault, told the police that she was just mad at her boyfriend for leaving the TV on, which kept her awake. You know, there had to be some confusion there. You know, I mean, this is absolutely not what the guy meant when he said he wanted to watch TV and get hammered. This old man must have definitely been scared for his life. There's no doubt that he soiled his depends. And then there's a ticked-off Vermont motorist who is suing the cops, saying that he was exercising his right to free speech when he flipped off a state trooper. Gregory Bombard claims police busted him and towed his car during a 2018 traffic stop because the trooper claimed he gave him the middle finger and called him a, uh, well, a, a butthole. Vermonters who want to protest the actions of police through words or gestures have a constitutionally protected right to do so, Bombard's lawyer said in a press release. He added, this abuse of power by a Vermont state trooper is a clear example of just how over-policed our communities are. Bombard denied he gave the trooper the middle finger before he was pulled over, but he did uh, do so, though, after the traffic stop. See, he also mouthed off at the trooper, saying something to the effect of, yeah, a butthole and, you know, F you, whatever, you know, the complaint said. Riggin cited Bombard for disorderly conduct and obstructing traffic, and both charges were dismissed. And then Bombard filed as a civil lawsuit claiming a false arrest, an illegal seizure, and violations of his right to free speech. I mean, was it really necessary to flip off the cop and call him a, a butthole? I mean, much like showing up to Vermont with a MAGA hat on, you're just asking for trouble. Acting this way towards a traffic cop, Kind of seems just totally stupid and insane, frankly. But Vermont also elected Bernie Sanders, so sanity isn't really their thing, I guess. Or how about the McDonald customer, apparently enraged about a fumbled order, walked behind the counter and ripped the mask off of a worker's face, according to this new video. Dicey Cauldron said the hangry exchange began when the worker forgot to put a breakfast burrito in the woman's order at the location in Orange County, California. Karens of Orange County, apparently, this was uh, way over a breakfast burrito they forgot to put in. Yeah, that's what Cauldron wrote of the clip that was posted on TikTok. In the footage, the angry customer was heard demanding to know the cashier's name. The cashier repeatedly insists that she step back or I will call the cops, to which the woman responds by then grabbing her mask. No, I want to know your name. Well, he called me. No, I'm going to come back there. I run the Orange Police Department said they responded to a report that a woman had torn off an employee's mask. Officers contacted the employee and conducted an area search for the customer, but no further action was requested, according to what Sergeant Phil McMullen told the local news outlet. I feel bad for the worker because, you know, her health was put in danger. I mean, not, not because of the face mask being ripped off, but rather because she's surrounded by McDonald's food all day long. I mean, talk about an explosion of anger, as opposed to actually eating that breakfast burrito, which, you know, usually leads to explosive diarrhea. 
But what about this? A follow-up to the story that was featured in an earlier podcast now finds that an Arkansas man who was accused of leaving dead animals on a neighbor's gravestone now has pled guilty. We're talking about 79-year-old Joseph Allen Stroud of Pea Ridge, Arkansas, agreed to a plea deal which uh, lowered his charge of defacing objects of public respect from a felony to a misdemeanor. See, Stroud was arrested back in August last year after he admitted to damaging a burial monument by repeatedly placing dead animals on the gravestone of a former neighbor, Fred Allen McKinney, in the Pea Ridge Cemetery. After noticing various dead animals on the headstone, McKinney's family was given permission by the cemetery to set up surveillance cameras. Stroud was arrested after the cameras caught him leaving a dead animal on top of the tombstone and walking back to a gray Dodge journey. Stroud was wearing a teal and white woman's jacket, sunglasses, and a woman's wig. McKinney's family agreed to the plea deal as long as their relative's headstone was replaced. Can you imagine seeing a man dressed like a woman leaving dead animals on a gravestone? I mean, this is so disturbing, even Stephen King wouldn't get near it. I'm sure the family of the deceased really hates this guy's guts. Never mind the animal guts. And you got to check this one out. Conservationists are calling on the public to stop milking toads. That's right, as it's threatening the survival of the species. The Sonoran Desert toad, also known as the Buffo alivarius, possesses this potent psychedelic compound called 5-MeO-DMT, which can be used for hallucinogenic purposes. In order to get your hands on the white slime, you have to Tickle the animal's glands until this stuff, stuff is secreted. Uh, yeah, the, uh, one author wrote in the L.A. Times, quote, Licking toads will not give you warts or produce a fairy prince, but it might get you high. Orally ingesting toad secretions have been referred to in popular cultures and in scientific literature as toad licking. In the past, it drew a lot of media attention, but while the licking has become more of an urban myth nowadays, researchers are concerned that the process of over-milking could result in a danger to the species' own survival. It's absolutely unreal that we have to tell people to stop milking toads. This is even more ridiculous than hippies drinking almond milk. I mean, can't these people just drink beer and get a buzz like the rest of us? I mean, just like the toads, beers are hoppy. <laughs> okay, I'll show myself out. <laughs> Oh, and you'll never believe this Florida woman who repeatedly stabbed her sister with an EpiPen. She's telling cops she was allergic to drugs and was simply trying to sober up the victim. Investigators say that 62-year-old Joanna Zelensky and her 64-year-old sister Laura were drinking in their Naples home when Laura went to sleep on the couch. And cops say that Joanna then stayed up and consumed more alcoholic beverages and narcotics. And at some point, Joanna kind of lost her mind and went nuts and attacked Laura with an EpiPen, stabbing her with it multiple times, according to what the police say. When questioned by the Naples Police Department, the officers, uh, Joanna told them that, uh, well, I'm allergic to drunk, so I injected her with the EpiPen so she wouldn't be drunk anymore. What's the big deal? The injector, Joanna said, was prescribed to her. Medical personnel determined that, well, no medication was actually injected into Laura due to the way that her sister was holding the EpiPen while attacking her. The victim, however, was left with some rather large welts on her right thigh. Joanna was arrested for domestic battery and booked on into the Collier County Jail on the misdemeanor count. But obviously, the sister who got stabbed was shocked. I mean, it's not the type of little prick you'd expect when you get drunk. 
you know, can you imagine though if an uh, if if an allergy to drunks really did exist? Think about that. I mean, it's crazy to think that there would be a small subset of people who wouldn't be able to hang out with Alec Baldwin. I mean, this elderly woman could have been killed by the scary injection, you know. But eh, enough about the COVID vaccine. Okay, one more. Uh, Romeo, you might say, put a. This is beautiful. This guy, this Romeo, puts a steel nut, like you know, like like you screw into a bolt. He puts a steel nut around his manhood so he can make it bigger for a Valentine's Day date. But guess what? He ended up getting rushed to the hospital because it swelled dangerously for two whole days. Eye-watering pictures show doctors slicing off the DIY willy enlarger with a power tool and a pair of pliers in Bangkok, Thailand. Thailand. I mean, <laughs> they didn't... They, they, they didn't slice off the willy. No, they just just the nut. The, the sheepish patient tells the doctors he'd been excited about seeing a woman for a date and just wanted to impress her. He had heard that rings could be used to enlarge and strengthen a penis by forcing blood into the gland. So he pulls a three-centimeter wide steel nut from his toolbox and slips it over his uh, member with baby oil. However, the following day, well, let's just say his uh, member swelled painfully, and he found out he was unable to remove the metal ring. So he calls emergency services, having had the nut jammed around the base of his penis for over 24 hours. Yikes. Doctors said his misadventure had not left any permanent damage, and his uh, penis should function normally after a few weeks of rest. (laughs) I mean, was this steel nut really necessary? I guess the guy didn't think his two nuts were enough. Look, call me a traditionalist, but I really thought Red Roses was a nice gift for Valentine's Day. But instead, he decided to give her a purple mushroom. Maybe you know somebody who could benefit from all the stupidity of others. Then why don't you share this podcast with them? You know, because if you listen to all this buffoonery long enough going on in my stupid world, it'll be so addicting you just might click that little subscribe button. And that way you'll always have a new episode to enjoy when it's published. And don't forget, whatever podcast player you're listening to this on, make sure you give it a rating and review it, especially if you do it on Apple Podcasts. Just lie, okay? It gives the idea that people actually listen, okay? So let me just conclude on this passing thought, okay? The most important part of starting a new job is identifying which coworker to blame your lack of productivity on. You know, this podcast would not be possible without sources of stupidity. Thanks to the talented writers from folks at A-List Comedy, Ad Large Media, Premier Prep, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and the Pulse of Radio, United Stations Radio Network. Thanks for sticking it out through my stupid world. And if you're feeling a bit crazy, I hope you'll follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And visit InsaneEricLane.com 
And if you're feeling a bit insane and want to make your own podcast, you can do it with Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast ever. The only platform where you can publish to major podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music with a single tap of a button on your phone. Whether you're capturing your own voice, taking call-ins from listeners, conducting remote interviews with anyone, or broadcasting full-length songs from Apple Music or Spotify. Available today for iOS and Android, and it's 100% free, entirely mobile, and so easy to use that literally anyone can make a podcast, even me. Find out more at anchor.fm.